Now, it's been a very busy September for artificial intelligence regulation, with tech billionaires meeting U.S. lawmakers, the EU wrangling over landmark law, and the U.K. convinced that AI might end life as we know it. Tech editor Peter O'Brien is here to give us the lay of the land. Great to see you, Peter. Hi, Delano. First, uh, first of all, remind us of what we're dealing with. What is AI capable of these days? Well, you may have seen this one startup, HeyGen, hit the headlines, uh, uh, reach all over Twitter with its tool, which allows you to speak in uh, lots of different languages, even if you can't actually speak them. So I had to test out this tool. I had a look at their privacy policy, took a deep breath, and I uploaded a 30-second video of me and asked it to translate what I was saying in English into French and into Hindi. You speak in Have a look at the results here. What? All right, I'm just about to test a new tool by HeyGen, and it's going to transform my voice speaking from English into another language. Je suis sur le point de tester un nouvel outil développé par Hagen et il va transformer ma voix lors de la conversation de l'anglais vers une autre langue. Mai abhi Hagen dwara ek naya upkaran parikshan karne ja raha hu aur ye meri awaaz ko angrezi se dusri bhasha mein badalne ja raha hai. Kripya ise achhi tarah se check kare. Now, I'm not sure why it got me speaking Quebecois with a Quebecois accent Listen, in French so, there. But the, it's very bizarre. It's still French. And I don't speak a lick of Hindi, so I don't know if I, it got that any... No, but it's um, also the, it moves well. the mouth. And, yeah, well, that's the thing. It superimposes a, a, a sort of... A sort of blends another video with a mouth that uses AI to to track uh, the new lip movements that would be created it's in freaky, that language. It's freaky, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's quite freaky. I actually didn't want to tell our boss about this in case she axed the English channel and just got us uh, replaced by a French journalist speaking English. But, but um, what, what is interesting is they give you it didn't give me your accent if you were speaking French mm, mm. so yeah I, I don't know why it gave me a Quebecois accent but there we go but it shows you the kind of power that artificial intelligence has already because you would have fooled me I would have thought you were, you were putting on a Quebecois accent okay but <laughs> Uh, this kind of power clearly has lawmakers worried and mm. eyebrows raised. What did senators discuss with uh, tech CEOs in Washington this week? Yeah, so the meeting held with Chuck Schumer and about 60 other senators and tech execs from Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, Sundar Pichai, Bill Gates. It was um, held behind closed doors, so we don't know exactly what was said. But Schumer did say that every single person in that room raised their hand when uh, they were asked whether gov government should play a role in regulating AI. The question is what role and for what risks because the potential risks I mean the list is just absolutely enormous I mean everything from deep fakes the, the kind of video that I've just shown you being exploited for a nefarious purpose or you know some mistakes in predictive policing, uh, discriminatory hiring algorithms and even things like AI generated. But also how do you get lawmakers to, to regulate and police something that they themselves may not understand? Yeah I mean that's obviously one of the big problems but that's why they're doing these uh, cons consultations this is just the first of about uh, nine or ten of these consultations to come with the, the tech industry. And as I said, it's anything from these everyday risks that are already happening to potentially huge risks in the future, like uh, something like AI-designed pathogens or, or, or even a global war that's escalated because of all automated decision-making. Now, the European Union is wasting no time to try and regulate AI. Absolutely, they're well ahead, and we're now in trilogues for the AI Act, so that's the EU's institutions hammering out the details. And one sticking point at the moment is this idea of an, a human rights impact assessment. That's put, put forward by the European human Parliament. Human rights impact, impact assessment. So the idea is that those who deploy high-risk AI will have to fill a impact assessment um, saying what risks their systems could have to human rights. Now, the campaign group 
a VARS uh, de helped develop this proposal saying it's necessary because of cases like in the Netherlands where the police used AI to profile children and this led to over 800 of them of them being wrongly wrongly registered on their systems and even some of them being taken to child protection services. So Avaz says it's crucial, but says that actually France is one of the countries spearheading the charge against these impact assessments. Take a listen. There's just been kind of like a wind whistling through the commission and nothing, no responses, no positive responses. And worse, there's a minority block that's been developed in council, which I'm afraid is being led by France. So France, with its kind of, you know, liberal credentials, is actually leading the way to block a really crucial bit of fundamental human rights protection, kind of based around myths around burden and in industry. Maybe it's covered by other legislation, like data protection legislation, all of which have been debunked. Now, the French government hasn't responded to, to this concern. Uh, what I can say is over the, in the UK, they're taking a very different approach. All eyes are on this November summit at Bletchley Park on the 1st and 2nd of November. Um, Politico has written that Rishi Sunak has done a bit of an about turn from extolling the economic um, promise of AI to really being worried that it could destroy us all. Uh, they say he's been seduced by Silicon Valley-funded think tankers who are kind of obsessed with the idea of long-term existential risk. Mm. This is certainly what Elon Musk is worried about. And he, of course, signed that letter six months ago calling for a pause in AI. Now, the people that wrote that letter, the Future of Life Institute, are saying, well, we shouldn't be talking about risks now and risks in the future. We should look at it more like climate change. It's a set of it's a new technology and it's a set of risks that could do great harm in the future, but are already already doing a lot of harm now. Peter, thank you very much for that. I, I learn something from you every week. Thank you. <laughs>